Hey, I'm Stephen Cole, the mayor of Musical World, who has been to the Middle East and done musicals. <laughs> it's time to listen to Musical World. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today, we have an intermission moment for you that was recorded on Saturday, February 19th in 2011 at the York Theater in New York. My wife and I made the trek to the city to see The Road to Qatar, the off-Broadway production by our friend, the mayor of Musical World, Stephen Cole and David Crane. What you're about to hear is a recording of the talkback after the matinee performance. Along with Stephen and David, you will hear the voice of James Morgan. Uh, he's the producing artistic director at the York and also the MC of the talkback. And you'll also hear the voices of the actors James Beeman, Keith Gerchek, Bill Nolte, Bruce Warren, and musical director David Caldwell. Not in attendance at the talkback, unfortunately, was actress and cast member Sarah Stiles. David and Stephen also had a surprise for everyone as they performed part of their Dog and Camel show live with a song that was cut from the final script of the show, Here's Looking at You. The show was wonderful, very funny, and very smart staging. Not a moment of wasted time and excellent use of the space. We thoroughly loved it. So sit back and get ready to soak up the wisdom that's passed forward in this intermission moment of musical world. So before we have yes. Soon there will be some. Yes. Um, before we get going with them, maybe give us a quick overview of how this. Maybe, you know, what, one, one cold February morning. I think I got the first email that said, uh, we want you to write musical how much. And it said, call this number in Dubai. And I said, I got called in Dubai. And I said, I wrote back, you write, you call me. And the phone rang immediately. And then went, we want to write musical, how much? I don't know. Did they really sound Yes, absolutely. This was this person actually was 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 not even for people in the show. It was somebody's assistant who spoke even less English. And when I asked some questions, I said, You'll write an email. We know we answered it. And and I wrote a lot of questions in the email. I got very few answers. I passed it on to my agents. Same thing happened to David. I got this email out of the blue. We want you to write musical. How much? It seemed like it was a Nigerian scam or something. <laughs> Send money to my to my as it, yeah, as it turned out, we've heard from a couple of other people who also got this email. Somebody wrote to me on Facebook and said, I wasn't crazy enough to answer it. <laughs> but I was. Because, well, I didn't even know where Dubai was then. And I, I, I called up my partner, and he was a travel agent, and he said, you know where Dubai is? He said, it's where oil is. It's where the money is. And so I immediately went to my agent and I said, get as much money as you can. <laughs> and, and we asked for a certain amount. And they said, no, 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 it's going to be one performance and for, for the eight year. And we didn't no know chance. each other. Now, that's the other thing. We didn't know each other. I kept asking who the composer would be. He would ask who was going to write it. They wouldn't tell. And finally, one day, I got an email that said, you'll be writing with David Crane. And I said, ooh, good, at least I've heard of him. <laughs> and, you know, he had written, uh, he'd written dance music for a lot of Broadway shows. 
So, and then we met in the diner, the same diner, the TikTok diner on 8th Avenue uh, in the New Yorker, and we looked at each other and said, well, they must have seen our pictures or something to put us together. It's shots from his movies on his cell phone oh, with an Uzi and it really it and really did scare Rivers no, no. no. <laughs> Joan Rivers was not Joan Rivers was not she didn't play the Middle East <laughs> but uh, he, and, and that character spoke less English than the uh, producer character even we did have that uh, Lebanese valley girl of a translator uh, but we only had her for two days really and then and then they kept switching translators on us because the minute that we would become friendly with the translator uh, you know they would they would take us to a shopping mall or something the next day they were gone they weren't dead they were just gone <laughs> 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 well, you don't know. Right, no, that's true. They, they would just say here's new translator we'll go oh, okay <laughs> And so she was the most dramatic. She was adorable and funny, and I mean, you know, we went to lunch that first day, and she, they, they fed us a banquet of food. They're very hospitable people. That's part of the Middle East, and she ate nothing, and and she and and she and took said, I said, why aren't you eating? And she said, I took fat. <laughs> and, uh, and and she and then. Uh, that night, there's one episode that's not in the show where we went on a safari, and the safari turned out to be us getting into an SUV, uh, them taking, driving it out towards the desert, getting out, taking the air out of the tires, driving into the desert, up and down, 10-story sand dunes at 100 miles an hour with me screaming in the back and her going, you're such a baby. <laughs> this went on for an hour. And, and, and she also had, had said before that, she said, you know, they're very disappointed you're not have outline of show. And I said, they're going to kill us. 
<laughs> and, and we were terrorized. I didn't feel like I was going to die that night. Yeah, but uh, we held off really. Meanwhile, I, I did tell my mother that I was going to go to Paris. I was doing a show in Paris. And uh, my mother uh, was, uh, she, she was a redhead. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like that. Yeah. And how did you feel you were in Paris? What I did is I went to Fauchon on 57th Street here and I brought her a chocolate Eiffel Tower. Yes. So she'd think, well, yeah. <laughs> my, my mother didn't care at all. I called her up and said, I'm going to the Middle East. And she said, bring me back some sand. <laughs> That's my mother. But I have never told her. So David, um, what has it been like on this crazy ride putting this show together? I, I also played the production in uh, Dallas last year, so I've been with the show for a year. And um, uh, the creative music is, is very sophisticated, difficult music to learn, and, and it's been a challenge all the way. I love it. Uh, and this band is, um, we have been so spoiled by the best players. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if any of you are interested, on Thursday night we're doing a talk back with the band. I think we're calling it the band speak. They really are phenomenal. For example, Terry Gavari is playing drums for us. Uh, he's opened so many shows on Broadway, I can't even count them. But he's the drummer in the movie of Chicago, the movie of Nine. He's just a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And uh, Fosse and, uh, and Promise to Promises and many, many shows with a dear friend. And we were very fortunate you know, that a number of Broadway shows closed in January, so they were free to come and play for us here. So if any of you are interested in coming back yes, after please. the show on Thursday night to hear the band actually talk, <laughs> uh, you're welcome to yes. as our guest. Um, while I think of it, we're also having a talk back on Tuesday night with a belly dancer who will teach you how to belly dance in your seat. <laughs> you don't have to stand up to show anything off. Uh, so if you're interested in that, we'll get you into that as well. Is there Arabic lessons at all? Oh, we forgot. <laughs> it's really easy. Lots of oh, <laughs> Yeah, those of you who do that, uh, Bruce and Bill, uh, how did you? Well, we didn't really know that that was um, something that was going to fly. And then down in Texas, uh, I just stumbled upon it, I think, and, and people started giggling. And then I just put a couple, <laughs> and, and we realized that that would be funny if, if uh, we had no idea what we're saying. But <laughs> I, mean, I tried. I, mean, I looked up certain keywords that are in the must-be scene so that I, you know, could be somewhat authentic. Yeah. And it bombed every time, but when I went back to gibberish, it got laughed, so I'm laughing. So the real stuff went out the window. But we had to do research, you know, we went to YouTube and listened to their lilt and their, you know, uh, everything, their consonants and vowels. And, and as we learned when we were in the Middle East, that, that there are so many different versions of Arabic. That there would be the Lebanese one, the Syrian one, the Egyptian one, the the Qatari, they all spoke a different version, and they would tell us that, you know, we don't understand each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we haven't had any problems with accidentally <coughs> cursing out anyone. No, no. We've had Arab families come to the show yes. the last couple of weeks, and no fatwas yet. Yes. <laughs> we had a Qatari family, which was really exciting. Yeah, and, and they, they, loved they loved it. They laughed and laughed, and, but they also, they also said that 
They are not Qataris. There's a Lebanese, there's there's <laughs> they do. And they knew that, that because they, they they absolutely knew that the Qatari would never achieve us. <laughs> and it's true that they did not. They did not. So tell the question everyone wants to know. Did you how much did you get paid? We got two-thirds of, of the fee. The last third was supposed to be payable a few days before the show, as these guys keep asking for the money. It wasn't just us, it was the orchestrator, it was the casting director in London, it was their office. But we lost the most. The story is true about the, the play is true about the actors refusing to do it until they got paid. They were on strike, literally. Because yes, they hadn't been paid, and they said, we're not doing this until we get paid. So and the company, the, the small production company from Dubai, flew somebody back to Dubai, and they came back with bags full of money for them. <laughs> Unfortunately, we were back in America waiting for wire transfers yeah. to come. And the wire transfers did come, but with the wrong numbers. And that, that didn't work quite help, twice. And then finally, everything just sort of faded away. You had a question. Did they run out of money? Is that why? We don't know. Uh, if you look at the pictures, you'll go, that's the most expensive production in the world. And they flew all over the world. I, I think they did run out of money. And I think they couldn't go back to get any more because. Without getting <laughs> Yes. Well, no, at, at, on opening night, I asked the character that's Mr. Mansour, the producer, I said, so did the Amir like it? And he said, Amir like his son, not so. <laughs> it was really an honor of the sons coming at age. Not really, no, 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 not at all. I don't like to be the name of that. We made that up. It sounds much better. Okay. I'll write in the new version. This version carries on. He was a grown man. He was a, he, he, oh, oh. He, he knew, it was really the Fowry character knew the Amir's son. And when we went to see the soccer stadium being built, they were all there huddling. And that's when we knew, we saw this unbelievably large football field that had, we had to do a show in. And, and I thought it would be eight or nine characters. And they were talking about only 20 camels, maybe 30 Arabian stallions. I went, oh boy. <laughs> and falcons. I said, falcons don't sing. I don't know. Keith and Jamie, um, talk about uh, getting to know Getting to create these characters with these guys watching over here. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been a pleasure. I think it's been an absolute pleasure. I found out I was uh, doing the show, and we became Facebook friends. And before we started rehearsals, I had a, a chance to spend a few hours with these guys and, and learn some of the music, which is very difficult, uh, very uh, complicated music. And uh, and they're just darling people, and they love their show, and they and they're. They're full of enthusiasm. They always have a smile on their face. And they were with us every day uh, rehearsing the show. And it's not something you get to do. Um, I, this is the first time I've originated a part of it. So for me, every moment has been gold. Because as an actor in New York, that's what you want to do. <laughs> you want to be in a new show. You want to be the first one to play it. And you want to build on you. You want to do the original cast out for yeah. and, and you want to establish yourself as somebody who can create a new role, a new role in the show. So I'm getting to do all of that. So I have no And there are different ways that the part was uh, shaped around you. For example, your 
known for doing impressions, impersonations of people, and there are a number of those that have been worked into your... There were more, and they kind of got taken out. I, you know, the best thing about this was not only that we got to do things that we do well, but that we were given a chance to turn these characters into our own people. And uh, our director is incredibly creative and incredibly uh, not attached to anything. He's like, if it gets a laugh in front of an audience, it's it. If it doesn't, throw it out. It's Philip George, the director of Forbidden Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. And he did it with us in Texas also. Quite well. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, he told me on the first day, he said, watch the he said, watch him, watch how he talks, watch how he's, he's full of enthusiasm, got all this energy. And that was the jumping off point. But everything else that we created in terms of each one of these characters, we were given a lot of freedom to make these people. And uh, that's fantastic, especially in a new show, where usually they're very, very careful. They're very careful about everything. It depends on who's creating it, you know. And they want Everyone's to protected. And very protected. Yeah. And, and these guys, they're very, very specific about what they want. And they know exactly what they want. And they know what they want to hear. And they know what works and what doesn't work. But within that, we have enormous freedom. Yeah. Well, it's that kind of show. I mean, as you can tell, I, there, there are moments that change every night. You may or may not be able to tell that the Bruce Bruce and, and, and Sarah, Sarah do, when they do that translation scene, it's never the story. They don't know what's coming. And, and, and I, I, see, I see things growing and changing in everybody, because that's what, that's what we do want. You do want that. You, you, then you go, oh, that's good, that's okay, that's great, that's even better. I, I love seeing new stuff. It's within, it's still the show, it's still the people, it's still the story, and it's always, the biggest rule is tell the story. If you're telling the story, you can you can embroider a little here, you can embroider a little there, and they are. So the pleasure of doing live performance is that it's you, it's repetition. You know, if you do a movie, you, you do a few takes of something, and that's it. You never see it again. You never go there again. And it's in a head. But this, it's we do this seven times a week. So there's a growth process for us. At least, uh, this is how I feel, is that everything that you do, yes, there are certain things that you do the same every time, but it's never the same. And today, I was telling these guys, today was my best show. <laughs> I felt like I was on top of it, vocally I was felt really strong, and all those things. You don't feel that way every single time. The audience hopefully doesn't know, you know, but for me, that's why we do this, you know? It's like a runner or anybody who does anything kind of athletic. Some days you're doing amazing and some days you're kind of struggling to keep up and that is part of what keeps us doing. And it's a very demanding show. I mean, the, these boys are rarely off the stage at all. They're constantly, constantly working. Okay, Jamie, we're going to talk. Let Keith. That's like many days. Wait a minute. The last half hour, I didn't say anything. Yeah, that's true. So you got some points, though. Jamie, you're articulate, so it doesn't do this. He just talks off. That's it? That's it? That's it? Whatever he says. Cast, all cast members. I've asked this before. You can change your answer if you've already done that. What's your favorite moment in the show that you do? What's the thing you just look forward to each time? 
I live for the moment that the door's open and Claudio gets to come yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Bratislava opera. <laughs> I just find that whole moment wonderful. And if you go to the, you go to YouTube and you see the documentary I put together, you can actually see the actual moment with, with the Bratislava opera tours, with Larry Blanco who did the orchestration doing Aspire, aspire, aspire. <laughs> 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 but they're not a bunch of masks. No, they're they're real, they're not a slob of opera for us. <laughs> Jamie? For me, Jamie changes. Uh, it changes all the time. Um, I like it when all five of us have to do something at the same time. And that doesn't really happen that often, but when we all have to kind of work in concert. Um, these are amazing people. They're just incredibly free and very creative and not married to anything and with every minute. And i got to tell you people, it doesn't have to be that much. Most of the time you're acting with somebody who's like dead behind their eyes because they're only thinking about themselves. They're thinking about, i got to get through this, i got to do it the way that I want to do it and work with her. And these people, whenever we get to do something together, is my favorite. When we're all on stage together and we all have to work and get off of each other. That's we talked about it before, about once we get to oh, a show, in the, in the show, um, it's like the 11 o'clock number, you know, and uh, that's when it really, really starts sailing, and it's fun from then on out, really, um, when the curtains come in and the uh, doors open and everything. But um, I think oh, what a show, because we all are kind of working this, you know, machine. Yeah. Uh, Comments or questions from anyone? Yes, sir. I'd like to uh, ask why uh, the characters uh, Michael and Jeffrey have so much hair. Yes. less glare. We don't look good in light. <laughs> yeah. and they we tried. We tried. <laughs> Actually, uh, you know, if, if we we one of the first musical numbers we wrote for the show was so specific to David and oh, me that, that uh, oh wait we can what a cue <laughs> we wrote we wrote about the guys meeting. And, and uh, we just recently rediscovered this number, and we realized we, at the time the two characters were named David and Stephen. And, and it was when we changed them to Michael and Jeffrey that the freedom happened so that other people can play it, and that we didn't have to have them losing their hair <laughs> or anything like that. So, should we do? Let's, Why not? let's do yeah. this number for you right now. There's a little yeah. So so when we first started writing the show, and it was Stephen and David, uh, they they met just like they do here at the TikTok Diner. And uh, the dialogue's not here, but they kind of can tell what each other they can kind of tell what each other are thinking all the time. I mean, David David said to Stephen, like, that your first Broadway show was uh, Hello, Dolly, with, with Betty Grable, that's right. And then he said, I bet your mother used to sing songs to you like Tita Pourquoi. And finally, they, they looked at each other, and David says, Amazing. It's like meeting me. David, tell me this. Did you go to your first Broadway show before you were 11? Yes. Did 
you know when you were in that very last row, you were just as close to heaven? I did. Did you know when the overture played, you strayed into where you always longed to be? Of course. Did you ever look one row behind, and then suddenly find there was a kid who looked just like you? structure, yeah. in the new structure, except for the idea that we're not, we're not having to 
home. Yeah, but but also also there, there were some differences about the, you know this kind of mystical thing that they knew each other, but whatever. Other hands happen. Oh oh. The road thing itself, the whole being in Bob, yeah. was that was that something like you said that happened on the plane, or it, well, is it? You know, I, it, it just kind of hit us when we were. Yes, when we were doing it, we kind of felt like we were in our own private movie. And that we knew, we, we were also an audience to ourselves, which, which actors do all the time. I know we talk about that. You know, sometimes you walk down the street and somebody will, will be saying something, I'll, I'll go to the audience, look at him. You know. <laughs> but we, we knew that the story, as it was unfolding, <laughs> I do that about it. Uh, it was unfolding that we were part of our own private movie. But when we got the title, which really came out, we had a list of other titles for this show. And silly titles like Dubai by Birdie, or uh, <laughs> Middle Eastern Melody of 1942, or, <laughs> or Desert Sturm and Drang. We, we had a list. But the road to Qatar just shot out at us. And we went, oh, it's a road movie. It's, it's, it's even better. It's, it's them. And they love musicals, so why not? Well, we came back to the Middle East with this story. People didn't believe us. It took me about four years to get the footage that you can see on YouTube. Uh, it, it, uh, it was done by a Roman filmmaker for a documentary which wasn't made because they weren't made either. So I finally got the footage, and uh, so people would actually see what happened. But we came back with the story, as we told it, and we said, this sounds like a movie, this sounds like a show. This, and we told each other, and we said, why don't we make a show, even though it was gigantic with 100 people on stage, make it as small as possible, and have five people. Make it as small as possible. Yeah, that was, that was really the key. We didn't do it just because we wanted to be economical. Well, that's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> and, and we, you know, when we came back, actually, we, we sang that song for Jim after we first started writing. It was one of the first songs and we wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 that. You'll yeah. never cast it. <laughs> no, you didn't. You liked it. Yeah. Yes. You thought we, you thought we would play the parts. Which old? Yes, we still. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Not a question, but I thought the staging was just fantastic. Congratulations to the choreographer. That's Robert to the choreographer. Because it was just, I mean, it moved seamlessly, and it just, I mean, there was barely a moment where the action stopped. And that's hats off to you actors, too, yeah. because I'm sure you're running around like a <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> that really that's, that's also part of the fact that it is like a <laughs> if, you know, if we didn't, we wanted it to be like a good old-fashioned musical comedy, but we didn't. We were certainly weren't going to have in one numbers or anything like that. It's, it's like a movie; it flows so. And we wanted it to. We, we wanted it to go as fast. Be, like yes. a ninety-minute movie. Yeah, like a real yeah. romp. Because it was the first one was two acts, and we made it into one act. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Our director told us that his concept for the show was a conveyor belt. Mm -hmm. So he keeps rolling forward. Yeah. And everything's all wheels, including us. <laughs> and at one point, actually, the, the uh, doesn't matter number on the plane, the dream sequence, these guys are supposed to be a roller skate. Yeah. Um, so the whole idea of it is that it just keeps rolling. Just keeps rolling. So the fact that you picked that up yeah. is fantastic. <clears throat> What happened to the roller skates? The roller skates didn't make it in. I don't know. I, know. I think it was about the difficulty of taking them off. Yeah. Oh, well, yes. Yeah.
So what about the actual show that you did in Qatar? Did we play once and that was it? One week. Yeah, that was it. it was supposed to be once. We, we were at the opening night and it really was like these guys. We had no clue what was going to come next. It was crazy and, and insane. And a technical nightmare. And a technical nightmare. The, the, the girl playing the scar flew from the back of the stadium on a wire. And, and he wrote this wonderful, gorgeous entrance music. It was about 30 seconds long. Well, it took her about three minutes to get to the stage. <laughs> that slowly. By the time she got there, the, the song was over. <laughs> and, and, but we kept watching uh, and, and in wonder. Also, in the middle of the show, suddenly, there was stuff we didn't write. There was a, a, a traditional Qatari rope pulling dance that lasted about 15 minutes. And the French ambassador who was sitting next to me, was all the ambassadors from all over the world, he said to me, Intermission? Because it lasted another 15 minutes. <laughs> and then our show came back. And this was a while ago. You can see a photograph of them sitting behind Yes, me. behind me. Here. We never met him. No. We weren't presented. Uh, in fact, we were, we were thought of as so nothing to this production in many ways that when we showed up all dressed up in our, in our suits to this, uh, we, they said, and they weren't going to let us in. And they were with little ropes. And I said, get onto that rope. We're going in there. We have no seats. They didn't know who we were. It wasn't exactly well planned. <laughs> <laughs> you could have caused an international incident. Yeah. Uh, we tried to. Uh, we, tried. <laughs> we walked around. The, the academy was spectacular. All this stuff. And they had a huge cake that had the logo of a spy on it. We took pictures of it, but we didn't get to eat any. <laughs> we went back to the hotel afterwards. And uh, no, we were not part of the festivities at all. It was kind of odd. But uh, talk about the second one. Oh yeah, so then they so they said we're going to be the Emir gave the production to the country as a gift. So everybody could just come. And I so we went to the second night. We were going to be flying out very, very late on Sunday. It was a Saturday night. And so Sunday we, we went to the show. And we got there in this uh, two thousand seat arena and no one was there. No one showed up. And we're sitting there, and they said, don't worry, they're coming. <laughs> and, and the cast is holding and holding. And I said to him at one point, let's go. I don't like watching empty houses. <laughs> and we went back to the hotel, and they actually had a big uh, flying accident a la Spider-Man. Uh, and so the show uh, stopped in the middle, and the cast all came back. And we flew out of that country really fast and went home. And that was, that was the end of that. Some of the pictures were taken later in the week when we weren't there. The ones, especially of the flying carpet, where you see those LED screens with gorgeous photos. I would write, the kid goes on a flying carpet, and he flies all over the world. And I'd list where, and they put it all on the stage. But the opening night, None of those LED screens worked. Because they had to run through a technical rehearsal and start right. to finish. Uh, we saw it only up to the third number. We never saw anything past the third number in attack rehearsal. But the music was pre-recorded. And we should also say this was a British cast yes. singing in English. And the program weighed five pounds because it was the entire libretto in English and Arabic. Turned it over yes. in Arabic. And they did have Aspire binoculars in the front row for everybody to look. Because the stage was as large as Radio City, and, and the Italian opera director not only had never seen a musical, we didn't think he ever saw stage. Because the ships were way upstage, and they do this tiny little seat to see little people. He works the good for Alberti. Yes. Yes. It was wild. Uh, any 
a deeply important question or comment that anyone would like to make. Make it very pithy. <laughs> um, uh, you're a great audience. We appreciate your coming yes. and staying. Um, please tell your friends about the show. We're here through the 27th only. Yes. And so uh, if you had a good time, tell your friends. If you didn't, tell them you saw Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs>